Happy Easter, church family. Imagine with me, if you would, that first Resurrection Sunday 2,000 years ago. Those followers of Jesus, his disciples, would have been headed this morning to what they, they thought, what they feared, what they assumed was the final resting place of Jesus. And here in the midst of our world right now and what you and I are experiencing Perhaps this stay-home order has us feeling stuck, trapped in a tomb. But that morning, Jesus' followers arrived and found an empty tomb. Death did not keep Jesus stuck. Jesus defeated death. The tomb is empty because Jesus is alive. And here in our world today, we may feel like everything's canceled. And we might be irritated about that, but church family, Easter has not been canceled because the resurrection happened. Jesus is alive. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what Faith Church teaches. And I want you to know that I believe with all my heart that Jesus rose from the dead and he is alive again today. And so it's a great joy for us to celebrate together the risen King, the risen Savior, the risen Jesus. And so I get to say, Christ is risen. Right on. Aren't you thankful to our loving Heavenly Father for his rescue plan? That his rescue of us includes this victorious resurrection from the dead, that his son came and lived and died, that Jesus' victorious resurrection from the dead conquers sin and conquers death. Jesus was dead And he is alive again. You and I were dead in our sins and our rebellion against God. And followers of Jesus have been made alive again. We have lots to celebrate together. Open your Bibles, if you would. We want to do as we always do and look to God this morning by studying his word. So grab your Bible or open your Bible app and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And in just a moment, we'll start reading at verse 12. Uh, Many of you have been with us for the uh, last several months as we've been teaching through this book in our Bible called 1 Corinthians. And if you haven't been with us, welcome. If you're new to Faith Church, if you're joining us just today, welcome. We're glad that you are with us. We certainly would prefer to meet you in person. We certainly would prefer to greet you in person. Our whole church family would prefer to gather and worship the risen king in person. But here we are, excited about an empty tomb and ready to worship Jesus. We're glad that you are with us online today. In your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 12. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection? Of the dead. You see, the person writing this letter to these early Christians knew that they believed, these early Christians believed that Jesus had risen from the dead, but some of them were denying the reality that followers of Jesus would someday too be resurrected from the dead. Verse 13. But if, the author continues, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. 
See, throughout this passage, there's multiple times where the author makes this point. He's emphasizing to the the people he was writing to and to us this morning, he's emphasizing that if we deny that followers of Jesus, that Christians too will be raised again in the future, if we deny that, it's the same as denying Christ's resurrection from the dead. Verse 14, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. And your faith is in vain. Followers of Jesus, our faith is in Jesus. That he is who he says he is. That he's the son of God. That he's fully God and fully man. That he came and he lived and he died to rescue us from our sin. Our faith is in Jesus, the one who was raised again. And promises us new life as well. And so if we deny his resurrection, if we deny our future resurrection, we cease to be believers at all. Verse 17, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. See, this passage that we're looking at together this morning for a few minutes raises a couple of problems that I think we're going to want a solution to, that we're going to want to look at God's word and find solution to. The first problem that, that we're made aware of here is that we would still have a sin problem, that if Jesus is not raised from the dead, that we are still stuck in our sins. And if we're still stuck in our sin, then how can we be made right Sinful, imperfect us, how can we be made right, connected back to a holy and perfect God? If Jesus is not raised, if we are stuck in our sins, how can we then have been saved? The resurrection is proof that Jesus' death on the cross paid the penalty that our sins deserve. So if Jesus is not risen, then his death didn't do the job. And we're still stuck in our sin and stuck without hope of heaven, with no hope for anything after this earthly life. Verse 19. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. There's a paraphrase of the Bible called the message. And I love how the message puts verse 19. Listen to this. If, we all, if all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for the few short years that we're alive, we're a pretty sorry lot. See, the other problem that's raised here that we, that we need to wrestle with is that if, if we won't be raised in the future, if there isn't a resurrection from the dead for followers of Jesus, then, then there's nothing beyond this life. And, and then if there's nothing beyond this life, then, then what's the point of enduring the difficulties, the hardships, the trials, and the suffering that we face in our earthly life? If those things, our, our experiences, our ups and downs, don't lead somewhere, if there's no purpose to those, if those won't have any good or useful result in the future, why, why, why face the trials of this life? Well, let's start here. Friends, I want you to know that God is the creator of the universe. He's the creator of all things, creator of heavens and earth, and he is your creator as well. He created you just the way you are. He created you in his image, and he created us 
to be in relationship with him, to be connected to him, to enjoy his presence, to live a life in the presence of God. But what God intended for us has been broken, has been marred by the entrance of sin into the world. Because of the entrance of sin in the world, things are broken and, and, and not the way that God wanted us to experience things with him. And we know that all too well right now, don't we? We know that all too well, that things on this side of heaven in, in our earthly experience are, are painful and, and hurting and, and broken and, and marred by sin. We know that because think of what you're going through right now. Think of some of the things that you are facing or trying to overcome or trying to figure out or trying to understand why it's happening. What are, look around at what your friends and family are experiencing. What are these things? We're stuck at home. Schools are closed. We already have uh, many of us are working. Now on top of working are the challenges of parenting. Now on top of the challenges of parenting are the challenges of, of homeschooling. We, we, we look around us and we read the news and we hear the reports and, and, we, and we hear about illness and suffering and disease and perhaps this brings about anxiety and fear and worry. Our, our lives interacting with others and the ups and downs of life include various kinds of pain and, and conflict and uncertainty. Some of us are not working because of wage loss or job loss and that brings financial uh, anxiety, uncertainty, and I could go on and on, right, about the way that things can be difficult in our experience of life. So verse 19 said, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we're a pretty sorry lot. If enduring life's trials has no purpose, if going through the things that we're going through don't lead anywhere, is there hope? If all this is headed nowhere, then what hope do we have? And we come to a pivot point in this passage of Scripture. Up until now, this, this passage has talked about the ramifications of if there was no resurrection or if there is no resurrection of the dead, of, of believers. And now, look at how the passage pivots. Verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep Verse 20 again, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. We're talking historical fact, eyewitness testimonies, other theories about what happened to Jesus debunked. Jesus is alive and well and reigning. And that changes everything. The, past, the verse continues, verse 20 says that Jesus then, because of being raised from the dead, is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The first fruits of a harvest indicate what the rest of the harvest will be like. So Jesus is the first of being raised from the dead of what it will look like for many to be raised from the dead. And again, I love how the message paraphrase puts this. Listen to this. But the truth is, that Christ has been raised up, the first in a long legacy of those who are going to leave the cemeteries. Isn't that great? Isn't that, doesn't that give us a great picture? Jesus is the first in a long legacy of people who will leave the cemeteries. Because don't we think 
sometimes of cemeteries as a final resting place? If we allow ourselves to think of a a grave site or or a cemetery as a final resting place, that's difficult. But the Bible says that Jesus is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. We may have that misperception sometimes of a final resting place, but it's not true. There's more to this life. There's more after this earthly life. Jesus' resurrection from the past, in the past, Jesus' resurrection from the dead in the past, and, and the fact that believers in Jesus will be raised in the future, that absolutely has implications for our lives today. Jesus' resurrection leads and shows that there will be a resurrection for us, and those two things solve Those problems that we were looking at earlier, both those problems that we raised a few minutes ago are solved. Look at verse 21. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. See, we we humans have descended uh, from those first humans, Adam and Eve, and, and because of Adam and Eve's sin, we are all, all humans are rebellious sinners. We all are sinners by nature and by choice. We have inherited that sinful nature because of descending from Adam and Eve. But we know that even besides our inherited sinful nature, we know that left to our own purposes, left to our own devices, we too would choose sin to go our own way, to rebel against God. And so be deserving of God's wrath and his punishment poured out against sin. But that verse continues that in Christ, all shall be made alive. In Christ, all shall be made alive. So here's the solution to problem number one. Remember, we talked about problem number one was that if there's no resurrection, we're still stuck in sin. Well, the solution to that problem is the gospel. The good news that we proclaim at Faith Church, the good news that God rescues sinners like you and I through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The gospel is the good news and the remedy to our sin problem. Those who are in Christ will be made alive. So so what does it mean to be in Christ? Well, let me encourage you. Receive God's free gift of salvation this morning. Receive the free gift of salvation that he offers you by putting your trust in Christ. To be in Christ means that we're not dependent on ourselves, that our faith isn't in ourselves, that we're not trying to earn God's love or or somehow behave or, or, or match up and make God pleased that way. Instead, we recognize that we can't do it on our own And we put our trust in Jesus. We put our faith in him. And we are rescued by him and we are in Christ. Perhaps today is the day of your salvation, of God rescuing you from sin and death. If you are watching today, we want you to know That in Jesus, in Christ, you can experience forgiveness of sin. That you can be rescued from sin and death. And that you can look forward to life eternal. 
dot, dot, dot. But even then, even when I mention life eternal, some of us are distracted. Some of us are deterred from the idea of life eternal. Some of us may not even then be interested in finding out how to, how to find new life, life with God eternal. Because, you know why? Because I think sometimes we have a false perception of what comes after this earth. What does heaven look like? And if we have a, a false perception of heaven, if we think of it as, as just our, our disembodied spirits floating around the universe forever, maybe that sounds boring, and maybe we're not even interested in finding out what God has for us. Or if we've allowed those cartoon kind of images uh, of, of, of heaven that perhaps we become like angels with wings who sit on clouds strumming harps, is that, is that how you play a harp, is strumming? If that's what we perceive that the future holds, that that's what heaven looks like, perhaps we think, man, I don't know if I'm interested. But perhaps what we need is, is a more accurate understanding, a better, more accurate, biblical understanding of what God's future for us holds. See, living forever with God in his plan is, is living as whole persons, body and soul, in the presence of God. In fact, uh, if you come back and join us again next Sunday, when we continue in 1 Corinthians, the next passage of Scripture, we're going to talk next Sunday about these resurrection bodies that you and I as followers of Jesus, when raised from the dead after our earthly lives, we will have these resurrection bodies. And we have no concept of that because we think of, of our bodies deteriorating and sin and, and they can't last forever. How is it possible to, to live eternal, physically, bodily? Well, join us as we study the next passage next Sunday. But, but again, let's adjust our perception of what heaven is. It's not floating aimlessly in the clouds, but it's experiencing full body, whole, whole person, body and soul, it's experiencing the new heaven, yes, but the Bible also teaches experiencing the new earth. God's creation restored to its intended glory and, and, and uh, no need for sun or moon because enjoying the presence of God is light enough for us. That's what God has in store for us. Whole persons enjoying his presence in the new heavens and the new earth. So I urge you, solve problem number one. Get out of, 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 of being stuck in sin. Put your faith in Jesus today and find life. So the solution to problem number one, that our sin problem, is the gospel. The good news of what Jesus has done. But this passage also helps us with problem number two. Jesus' resurrection means that we too will be raised someday. And that tells us that this earthly life and the troubles that we experience here is not all there is. And therefore, enduring life's difficulties is not futile. It, it, if we were worried, problem number two would have us worried that if there is no resurrection of the dead, then, then, then our efforts of enduring life's difficulties are, are fruitless. They don't lead anywhere. But that's not the case. Enduring life's difficulties with Jesus' help according to God's purpose, is, is what he is working out in our lives. He has good purposes and good results for us as we endure with him. Jesus' resurrection in the past 
and our resurrection in the future absolutely have implications for you and I today. And you know what the main thing is there? The main implication for us is hope. Hope for today and hope for the future. One, the thing that I think that God wants to give us hope today, one thing that God wants to do in the life of a believer is, is resurrect our lives now. Yes, there will be resurrection from the dead into eternal life in the future, but, but, but I think the way that we as followers of Jesus have hope for today is that God wants to do a work in us now. He wants to resurrect our lives now. He's at work by his Holy Spirit transforming us from the inside out, giving us a new heart, new mind, new desires. He's using those very difficulties and trials that you're experiencing to mold you and shape you and transform you more into the image of Jesus. And that's what new life now looks like. New life now, rich, meaningful, full, abundant life now is possible in Jesus. I'm not saying life will be easy or perfect or that suddenly everything will go your way if you follow Jesus. But friends, I will tell you that as you experience the difficulties of life, you will have the creator of the universe walking with you. And these resurrections bring hope for the future as well. Jesus is risen. Right. He has defeated death. His resurrection paved the way for our future resurrection into his presence and enjoying the new heavens and the new earth. And so let's wrap up today with this. Jesus lived. He died. He rose again. He ascended into heaven. And there he is reigning over all things right now. And we need to trust in that. Because our experience here in earthly life can be difficult. But we need to recognize that Jesus is reigning and so right now, things on earth and our lives are difficult and broken because of sin. And so we face difficulties and trial and suffering and disease and conflict and pain. But Jesus lived. He died. He rose again. He ascended into heaven. And church family, Jesus will return. Jesus is coming back. And when he does, he will make all things new. He will set everything right again. And so in the midst of all that you're going through, in the midst of all that we as a church family are experiencing, that gives me hope. And we here at Faith Church pray that that gives you hope too. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your son, for your son Jesus. We thank you for our Savior, the Son of God, we thank you for Jesus' willing sacrifice for us on the cross. As we reflected this past Friday, as we reflected on Good Friday of Jesus' willing suffering and death, we thank you, God, for forgiveness of sin and for Jesus' obedience to en enact this rescue plan of yours. God, we thank you that Jesus took our place and paid the penalty that we deserve so that we could be connected to you. Father, thank you for making a way for sinful, imperfect me. Thank you for making a way for all of us rebellious sinners to be connected with our loving Heavenly Father and to experience new life. Father, today we celebrate our risen King 
and we thank you for the hope that we have because of Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. So let's uh, lift our voices together. We have an opportunity now to lift our voices together to, to, uh, to sing our worship to God and thankfulness to all he's done. I would encourage you, even in your homes, to stand as we lift our voices together, celebrating our resurrected king and thanking him for resurrecting us, transforming us, making us new now and in the future. Let's worship him together.